Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. Well, that's the... Anyway, we got at the end of the previous adventure. We got an item that I want to identify. Let's do that now. It's the Amulet of Aggression, and I get 16 XP to Arcania. Let's have a look at it. Um, neck, 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 Amulet of Aggression. It's armor for your neck. It provides 2 mino rating, 2 stamina points, and 1 agility, body, and might. I really don't know the situation when you would equip that. The small copper amulet you discovered on the body of Glymrook, the leader of Kagari in the old sewers beneath Packwell. I guess the agility, body, and might, if you add the if you add the phantom bonuses to that, that's something. But I've already got those to 20 by having the bonus on the Warlord's Helm. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just, I mean, if you didn't pick that up, maybe? You got the Dragon dragon Wing Best Place instead, or one of those agility items with the dodge powers. Anyhow, I've... I've just moved out and moved out a little bit from Pakwar, which I which Sir Crokington will never go in again because of the shame. Situated, and I've went to a new place called Lake Lake Ebrek and the small town of Ebmark. Situated on the southern shore of Lake Ebrek, the small town of Ebmark is home to a once thriving though recently diminished fishing trade. Many of the town's residents, both past and present, claim to have seen or encountered the legendary Beast of Ebrek, a fearsome serpent said to dwell within the frigid depths of the lake. Alright, we got three law book entries here. Lake Ebrek. This sprawling lake, nestled in amongst the forested hills in the remote northeast corner of the kingdom, is said to be home to an ancient and elusive serpent known in various legends as the Beast of Ebrek. The town of Ebmark, famous for its fishing trade, sits on the southern shore of the lake. Now, Ebmark. The small town of Ebmark, situated on the southern shore of Lake Ebrek, is famous for its flourishing fishing trade. Well, it was. Ebrek's bountiful catch includes the infamous Blue Sawfin. Many of the town's residents believe an ancient serpent, known in legend as the Beast of Ebrek, makes its home in the deep waters of Lake Ebrek. And Blue Sawfin. That's a new thing. Blue Sawfin. For not nearly as large as its sea-dwelling relative, 
relative to red swordfin, blue swordfin can, can reach a length of nearly three feet. So the blue swordfin possesses no, poses no particular threat to anything save the smaller fish it preys upon with its razor sharp teeth. It's not unheard of for a large school of these vicious predators to attack other living creatures they come across in the water. The blue and white fin gets its name from the broad, spiny spin, fin that spans almost the entire length of its back. The blue sawfin is a meaty fish that is prized for both its flesh and its abundant oil. Hmm. Okay. And now the last law book entry. The Beast of Ebrek. Through most who dwell in the region of Lake Ebrek believe in the existence of the beast. Many of the tales and legends surrounding the famous serpent have been have largely been dismissed by outsiders. According to legend, a massive, silver and black scaled serpent with a dragon-like head and four red horns is said to lurk within the deep, dark, frigid depths of the vast lake. Over the centuries since the recorded sighting, many living in the vicinity of the lake have reported seeing and encountering the serpent. While many believe the beast to be a unique creature, there are many who feel there may likely be a la- may likely be a large trust, perhaps more than one, that prowls the waters of Lake Ebrek. By nearly all accounts, the beast of Ebrek is a vicious creature who will attack and attempt to devour any living thing it encounters. Oh no, I'm a living thing. Well, I better watch out for it then. But I didn't want to kill it. It's famous. Okay, so there's two places in this in this town. Well, there's two places you can go to. Obviously, there's the houses of all the people who live there, but we don't we can't go in them because that would be incredibly rude. I mean, we're not a we're not a normal RPG hero who visits towns with about five with about eight buildings in them. And most of them are shops. And we steal everything. Everything! <laughs> yes. And possibly by putting a bucket on someone's head so they don't see us. Okay. Anyway, the two places are Tywin's Special Goods and the Beast Den Tavern. Let's visit Special Goods. Terim is a young and excessively cheery man whose glittering eyes follow your every move as you make your way through his cluttered shop, greets you in a friendly manner, and fills you in on the latest news from around the lake region. Let's, let, let's talk some more. You speak at length with Terim, who seems to drift from subject to subject on a whim, and learn that Ebrach, while still prosperous by most measures, has seen better days. The young shopkeeper attributes most of the town's recent woes to the sudden decline of its fishing trade, the blue sawthin, long a staple of Web Ebbark's renowned catch, has all but disappeared from the waters of Lake Ebrek. Asked Tabwin about the decline, Tilm tells you that many in Ebbark are prepared to believe the beast is to blame for the disappearance of the blue sawthin from the lake. A bit silly, I know, he says. 
But most around here will swear to the beast's existence, even though they've never seen it. And they haven't seen it because it doesn't exist. At least, not any longer. I suppose there could have been such a thing at some point in the past. But if it was still up there, would it be catching sight of it now and again? I don't know. Maybe it's nocturnal and stays underwater most of the time. I mean, underwater things can do that. You ask Tedwin if, and it only comes up at night, because it's it's really pale and gets terrible sunburn. You ask Tedwin if anyone claims to have, if anyone claims to have seen the beast. He immediately tells you that Old Woodford, one of Edmark's oldest citizens, claims to see the beast quite regularly. In fact, she says it nearly took off her foot, she says, shaking his head. You know how these things go, though. I try not to become too involved in any of it. Tom tells you that Old Woodford is normally found at the tavern, just across the road. He roughly describes it to you as he expects you to promptly head out to the tavern and seek her out well. One of them is usually, is usually over there. He says, there's two of, the, two of them, sisters. I don't really know I can tell them apart. I don't have anything to do with either of them. Your conversation with him drifts away from the recent troubles of Edward's fishermen and onto a wide variety of topics, most of which are of little interest to you. After several minutes of largely inane chatter, you politely excuse yourself. Okay. Anything else to say? Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing again. He, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no way the game records where you've actually said it before. Or maybe he's just a guy who just likes talking about things like this. I mean, we all know people like that who will talk about the same thing over and over again at every opportunity. I mean, that's me, isn't it? With Swift. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's leave the shop. Now to the Beast End Tavern, especially since we now have someone to look for. Adventurers here recently are me and Kishin, who is a fairly new, new guy. 60 million rating, 62 Santa points, 17 Neville Reserve. Psst, mostly good stats. Luck's only 10. Alright, level, levels up all around. Power of necromancy. Fighting an art for some reason. Well, I, I guess if you're... I guess if you're a not... You're not an AG member. That's probably the best way to get your stats up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's to have got all the stuff. The Cape of the Griffin. Graldrox equipment. Spiked Wing. The Wing of Souls. Yeah, probably gone almost as far as you can go with the, with the three con... With the default content. The non-AG stuff. Hmm. Anyhow, still, still. Anyway, if you are kissing, you can still get Kildra's Serpent Wing, and that's very good indeed. With 15 MR, 15 SP, and 10 and 10. Do I? 
Yeah, yeah, I've already got I've already got killed with serpent wing with Silk Wilkington. So that's not something we can do. And well, anyway. That's just that's just a random distraction. Alright, Beast and Tavern. The Beast Dan. Named after the beast, said to lurk within the depths of le depths of Lake Edbar. It was a remarkably well kept tavern. Its keepers, Dewin and Ilstar Kalflaf. Kalfmir recently purchased a tavern following an unexplained disappearance of its previous owner, Ibral. Despite the brisk winds that often sweep southward off the lake, the tavern's roaring fire, the centerpiece of its often boisterous room, is more than up to the task of driving off the chill. Well, with a bit of help from the walls. Walls are very useful. The mood of the tavern crowd seems strangely dour, perhaps even somewhat morose, based on a handful of conversations you managed to overhear. Seems that the recent decline of the town's fishing trade is to blame for the dampened spirits. Towards the back of the tavern, seated alone at the table, furthest from the hill, is a white-haired woman, even this distance. You can tell that the elderly woman's oversized left foot is made out of wood. Hmm, how did that happen? There's probably a story there. Of course, she doesn't have to tell it if she doesn't want to. But I would like it. <laughs> That's hello, old woman. The old woman looks up as you approach. She seems pleased when you cautiously introduce yourself. But her demeanour noticeably sours, and you casually inquire about any recent sightings she may have had about the late beast. I think you've got me confused with old Woodfoot, she says, sighing. That old gal, my sister, mind, lives down next to the lake. She's seen the bit, beast a bit, though. I doubt she sees much of it these days. Well, who's to say, really? A woman whose name you do not know. Pointedly tells you how to reach her sister's hut, a dwelling which she describes to you in a disdainful tone. You thank her, bid her farewell, and move off across the womb. Okay, so... So, Woodfoot, the sister with the Woodfoot, is not Woodfoot. Woodfoot is the sisters with Woodfoot's sister. Okay, there's definitely a story here. And go a bit of a move off across the dam. To make, to head to Woodfoot, leave the tavern, select your, make your way to Woodfoot's hut option. Anyway, let, and she cannot, she will not talk with us anymore. Speak with Jew and Kilowith. Jew and Kilowith, a tall, slim, exceptionally pleasant man, greets you warmly and asks you if there's anything he might fetch for you. He cries about your recent travels, including what it is that has brought you to Ebrock. Running from my shame. It's... The thing about your shame is... No matter where you run... It's still there. It's always... There. For you, since he takes little actual interest in what you have to say, yeah, fair enough. Suddenly summoned by his wife, Durin politely excuses himself and moves off across the room. Gently tackle whatever task awaits his attention. Okay, talk to Elosta Carmen. Elosta Carmith, a tall, slender, dark-haired woman, 
whose manner of speaking were remarkable finery, seemed somehow somewhat out of space. The common ta- common moon of Ebrock's only tavern greets you with a smile. She inquires about your travels, then asks how you ended up in Ebrock. As everything suddenly remembers something pressing, Edelsa excuses herself and slips away to the far end of the room. Well, you've got a lot of things to do to one a tavern. Yes. Okay, there are Ed. There are adventures for. There are adventures in this location. The Scourge of Epmark. He goes by the name Gorham. But he makes me much doubt that's his real name, Sir Jewin. He's a dangerous man. Blight on this town. And I don't think most folks would care one way or another if he were to go missing. Alright, leave the, leave the tavern. Okay, leaving the tavern. Now to make my way to Woodfoot's hut. At the edge of Lake Ebrock, on the northeast outskirts of Ebrock, you find the ramshackle hut described to you by the old woman in the Beast Den's tavern. The watting wooden hovel, perched on a mossy bank only a few feet from the lapping waters of the lake, seems utterly unfit for habitation. The grimy piece of tattered cloth hangs out hangs across the doorway, and a steady stream of smoke pours out of the leading, leaning chimney precariously perched on a battered roof. As you approach the hut, the curtain is drawn aside, and you find yourself face to face with an elderly woman who, much to your surprise, does not have a wooden foot. Before you can attempt to formulate a polite, in- polite inquiry, the old woman introduces herself as Woodfoot, but she doesn't have a Woodfoot. My, okay, okay. There's a story here. My sister's the one with the wooden foot, she says. I gave myself this name many years back. I used to wear a heavy wooden bottle on the bottom of my left shoe and stomp around on her as much as I could. Silly, yes. But it kept the attention on me, you might know, and away from my sister. She was always more sensitive than me. I always looked out for her, but no good has come from it. She won't visit me. She hides from me when I go into the town. Let her, let her have it how she likes it. I don't need anyone else at my age. The old woman, who tells you her real name is Islinda, says that she can, she can guess why you've come to see her. She then invites you in and tells you... And... Like you and me, you quickly find yourself seating at a cluttered table in the centre of a small dwelling, clutching a steaming mug of paleo while doing your best to avoid Lucinda's intense, almost unnerving gaze. Well, those are the rules. You come in, you get paleo. It's like if you come, in England, if you come in, you are offered tea, even if you don't like it. The beast is out there, she says. Smiling as she nods in the direction of the hut's lone window. Through the crooked opening you can see the vast, dark surface of the massive lake. Well, that's what you've paid me a that's why you've paid me a visit, isn't it? There aren't many who admit they believe in the beast. Not these days. But that doesn't mean they don't. You see there tells you she's frequently seen the beast ever since she was a young girl. And, unlike most, she feels that the creature has long been cruelly maligned. 
She then says, your best chance to spot the monster will be from Hawkwest, a large wooded isle near the centre of the lake. Not easy to get to, she says, at least not at my age. You can use my boat if you like, it's still a worthy craft. Took me back, back and forth to the island for many years. Yusso tells you that should you venture out to Hawkwest, she has a favour to ask you. You listen to Tetnia as she describes to you an amulet she claims to have lost on Hawkwest over a decade ago on her very last trip to the island. It's a stone amulet, small and quite round, she says. It has a serpent carved on the front of it and an eye carved on the back. Well, now if you see it, you'll know it. But I don't know how much hope it, 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 it'll be found. Will, will you be going out to the island? When you tell her the idea had crossed your mind, you laugh. She laughs. I thought so. She says, smiling. Well, if you do, take care. And mind you don't cross the lake at night. It's difficult enough to reach the island in daylight. You remain in Ulysses' hut for the better half of an hour, conversing with her on a wide way of topics. She makes several mentions of her missing amulet, giving you the sense that the lost object is very meaningful to her, and she would be most grateful if you were to somehow able to find and return it. At last, you rise and bid her farewell. She reminds you to use her boat to travel to and from Hawkwest Island, and again warns you to take care during the passage. You tell her that should you venture out to Hawkwest Island and discover the amulet, you'll see to it that she is reunited with it. Thank you for saying so, Crokington, she says, carefully pronouncing your name, which revealed to her only a short while ago. Please, stop by any time. Alright. Okay, I can visit her again. Alright, the sturdy, sturdy rowboat rests on the stony lake shore, not far from the hut. Your city has told you to use the boat whenever you wish to. We will visit her again, watch happens. You approach the hut and discover Yusilio is not presently at home. After waiting for several minutes, hoping she might return, decide to check back some other time. Alright, I'm guessing I can't see her again until I get the amulet. Because, I mean, who wants to write, write all that? For something, most people just go straight to the island. Take the boat to Hawk West Island. In Yasila's sturdy boat, you make an exhausting but successful crossing of Lake Ebwek and arrive safely on the stony shore of Hawkwest Island. I have to use the old telekinesis to do it. And that's it used. <laughs> One level reserve was used getting to the island. Hawkwest Island, a hilly, Thickly forested swath of land rising out of the centre of Lake Hebwek is larger than you had initially imagined. Though barely visible from any of the lake's jagged shores, the island is, tr is tr tr a truly massive, untamed wilderness that, at every turn, is both beautiful and perilous. You see this sturdy craft, which you'd hauled up onto the nearby stony beach provides you the swift and reliable passage to and from the island. Okay, this is this is a new explorable thing now. Looking at the well map, is Lake Ebrach big enough to be on the well map? 
No. No, it is not. It, 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 well, it might be. But it wasn't. No, but the GM didn't know it was that big when he drew the first map about 20 years ago. Yes, it was. Well, obviously, things change in 20 years. You know, unless you're unless you're one of those people who's just so obsessed with canon that um, you basically wipe yourself into a corner after writing three th- after three sentences. All right, let's explore Hawkwest Island, the hilly, thickly forested island known as Hawkwest. It's a vast, untamed swath of the wilderness, rising out of the centre of Lake Ebrek. Watch your step. Explore now. Lovely trek across the rugged terrain of Fort West Island. Turns up nothing of any particular interest. But I do get a lot of very nice views along the way. And I see a, we- and I see a tree that looks, we- looks kind of weird. It looks like H. Because it's two trees that fuse together. Okay, admittedly, that's based off a real-life experience where, on a mountain somewhere in northern England, we would see a tree that looked like a H. And we call it the Hairy Hatman tree after a children's book. And would run through the H. I don't know if that tree's still there. And I forgot what mountain it's on. Maybe someone like you remembers it. That would be nice to know, but very unlikely to happen, considering probably only a thousand or so people are ever going to listen to this. Keep exploring. The exploration of the forested island is suddenly interrupted by an encounter with a pair of tri-jaws. Let's just bash these. Vicious beetles for thrust their sharp horns at you I thrust my sharp dagger at it and I win because my dagger is sharper than their horns and it's not part of my body so I can really go all in with the stabby stab stabs so I don't have to worry about part of my face breaking off 4xp you pause to catch your breath and check over your equipment following the defeat of the two trijaws alas certain you're no longer in any intimate danger here. You once again set off to resume your exploration. More exploring. Another two tridents. Just going to quick combat those. What well, I found a sturdy, a sturdy leather helm that was just around somewhere. Maybe they ate it. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe they, maybe they was just stuck on their horn and they couldn't get it off. It's just there, just. Clinking, clunkety, clunkety, clinkety, clinketing. Everywhere they went. Nine nine gold as well. Alas, certain you're no longer in any intimate danger. You once again... You once again set off to resume your exploration. Explore some more. Suddenly, the edge of a small bog on the eastern side of of the island discovered the ruins of an ancient structure. Alright. You're standing in amongst the crumbling ruins of an ancient structure, the eastern side of Hawkwest Island. The massive blocks that make up the walls of the once imposing building lie scattered throughout the surrounding forest. Near the centre of the ruins is a wide opening in the earth. 
through which descends a set of broad stone steps. The steep one of the stairs vanishes into the darkness only a few yards below. Climb down the stairs. Okay, there's... This is a proper dungeon, so I'm going to save that for a later episode. And I'll try not to forget it. If I do, I'm sure someone should tell me. Oh, well, move away from the ruins. Keep exploring. It's an armoured scavenger. Just quick combat that. 3 XP. Keep exploring. Nothing of interest. Keep exploring. Nothing of interest. Keep exploring. Suddenly, while making your way along the overground path in the southern edge of the island, you stumble upon a small clearing. The centre of the glass grassy swath, almost completely hidden behind the lush, swaying growth, is a thin, unremarkable gravestone. You may special note of this location, a grave marker. We'll return to the future whenever you explore Hawkwest Island. Oh, that makes this an important place. We're going to have to do something here. Use an item or a power or something. A thick slab of stone, a plain grave marker, stands in the centre of the small grassy clearing. Several indistinct engravings can be seen on the stone, though most of the carving appears to have long since eroded away. What have I used the power of necromancy? It succeeded, but it didn't do anything. Suddenly, you spot something lying on the ground, just beside the stone, Peering down through the long, swaying grass, you're surprised to discover the object is a long crystal wad. The wad, nearly as long as your forearm, seems out of place next to the lonely grave. Believing the wad could somehow prove useful, you immediately take possession of it. It's a long crystal wad. This long crystal wad seems to hum when held at curious ang- held at certain angles. You found this curious item while exploring Hawkwest Island. Alright, that's going to help with doing something on this island. Oh, it's also got an encumbrance of one, so I have to use it quickly. Because it's because it's lessening the amount of time. Amount of amount of loot I can carry. Thin slab of stone, plain grey. Oh, yeah, okay. Move away from here. Keep exploring. Suddenly, while while exploring the southern edge of the island, you rush through a dense dense wall of fir trees. Suddenly, find yourself approaching a rocky promontory overlooking a lake. You made a special note of this location, lofty vantage point. The rocky promontory upon which you're perched extends out from the top of the sheer cliff that rises nearly 50 feet above the dark water of Lake Ebrach. Standing at the very end of the broad outcropping, looking south, you can barely discern the lake's southern, distant southern shore. The foot of the promontory, where a long arm of ledge meets the thick black, meets a thick thick blanket of moss creeping out of the nearby forest is the engraving of a strange fish-like creature. A square impression sent is set into the centre of the carved image. It looks as if the impression was designed to hold something. Okay, what have I used the long crystal wad? Nope, not that one. Particular item can be used here. But what have I got that's square? Well, no, I've got a 
few things that are square, but I don't think they'll work here. Gaze out onto Lake Ebwark. You cast your gaze out onto the choppy water of Lake Ebwark. From this high vantage point, you can see nearly all the way across the vast lake in any direction. Now again, though you're not certain if perhaps the sun is playing tricks on your eyes, you, you can see what appears to be one or more large dark shapes moving swiftly beneath the large lake's rippling surface. Is it the beast? The beast and its beastly family? Could be, could be. I mean, could have all sorts of big things in this lake. All right, let's just leave this be until we get something we can use there. Keep exploring. Three high blow beetles. They are slain. Alright, 2xp. You pause to catch your breath and check out your equipment following the defeat of the three hardball beetles. And 23 gold. As well, it all adds up. Nothing of particular interest. Nothing of particular interest. Nothing of particular interest. Nothing of particular interest. And nothing of particular interest. And. Okay, I'm going to pause until something actually of particular interest turns up suddenly in the midst of a thick forest that dominates the Hawkrest Island you happen upon a dilapidated hut major note of a special location it's an abandoned hut we turn to the future whenever you explore Hawkrest Island you're standing before a ramshackle wooden hut tucked into the thick of the forest on the western side of the island the leaning structure, largely overtaken by the foliage around it, appears not to have seen any recent use. A rough-hewn slab of wood that once served as a door lies next to the open doorway, partially buried beneath a creeping blank carpet of moss. So this place has been abandoned for a long, long while. What it was originally there for? We can only speculate. Maybe they were... Uh, uh, wood chopper guy could have been looking for herbs. Maybe they're hunting. Maybe they were, maybe they were a hermit. You know, just living out in the wild for reasons because they just didn't like people. Honestly, I'm leaning towards that. Enter the hut. Suddenly, picking a number. Bonus of thirty-six. Twenty from agility. 10 from body, 6 from luck. Gonna get 75 or more or something bad will happen. Now since agility and luck and body are in this, I'm thinking it's something shooting towards me and I've got to get out of the way. Pick now. Failure. At the last possible moment, out of the corner of your eye, you catch sight of something streaking at you out of the shadowy interior of the hut. Despite... A violent attempt to twist out its path. The hurtling mass, a small, grey-skinned, humanoid creature, slams into your chest. The unexpected force behind the impact sends you sprawling backwards onto the ground. The back of your, the back of your head strikes the stony, overgrown path that leads up into the hut. For a fleeting instant, you nearly black out. Took nine damage, aching but very much alive. You struggle to regain your feet while turning your gaze to the goblin-like creature crouched on the path only a few feet away. 
the emancipated, grey-skinned being, his bulging black eyes fixed on you, seems to hesitate for just a moment before suddenly turning and bounding off into the forest. The story is quick, quick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Swift quickly vanishes amongst the black thick foliage. Okay, let's let's try entering the hut again. The interior of the hut is cluttered with debris, though nothing inside the hovel appears to be any sort of usable condition. Based on what is readily observable, it seems the structure has been abandoned for several years. Such search the hut. You search through the pile of debris littering the interior of the hut and make a surprising discovery. Beneath the broken remnants of a wooden chair, towards the back of the ramshackle dwelling, you find a tattered cloth bag. Inside the bag is a long crystal wog. What? The curious object, as long as your forearm, seems out of place amidst the clutter that fills the hut. Believing the wad could prove somehow could somehow prove useful, you immediately take possession of it. It's a long crystal wad. View. His long crystal wogs, yep, same as the first one. The exact same as the one we found at the grave. We now got two of them. With your woe tuck, tucked in amongst your other belongings, you complete your search and make your way outside. Let's get away from here. Explore now. Alright, back to nothing of particular interest. Yeah, that, that, that seems, to be, seems to be a lot more of those turning up now we've found most of the places. Right, armored scavengers, quick combat. I've got a common longsword, I'm going to pick that up. Okay, there's a cave in the forest. You may return to into the future whenever you explore Hawkwest Island. You're standing before, before the gaping mouth of the cave in the midst of the t- particularly tangled section of the forest that covers the island. A damp a chill, damp breeze drifts out of the cave's shadowy moor. Into the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave. To the west, a gem- gently sloping passage descends into darkness. The air here is damp and heavy, making it something of a labour to draw a full, deep breath. Okay. With the reassuring glow of your light chasing the gloom from these damp passages, you warily explore the cave. Okay, I started off near the on the eastern side of a of a twisty passage. Okay, I'm going going mostly west. The sound of something in the tunnel ahead 
beyond the range of your light, freezes you in mid-step. As you draw yourself into combat where he spans, a large cave spider, easily the size of a wolf, stalks into view. The grey, hairy arachnid, its bulbous abdomen nearly clutching the floor of the cave, rushes forward and attacks. It's a cave spider. Begin combat. A cave spider rushes forward and attacks. The spider stinger slabs into your flesh. The body score helps you to avoid being paralysed by the spider's venom. You lose 6 health. Okay, just going to keep stabbing and it is slain. 8 XP. You spend several moments recovering from the fight before once again setting off in the damp gloom of the cave. Okay, go south, there's an alcove. A stone pedestal stands in the centre of this semi-circular cave chamber. Three nearly round holes, each several inches deep, fall into the top of the pedestal in a triangular formation now. The only thing it really could be is those crystal wads. But I only have two of them. He placed the two crystal wads into the hole set in the top of the pedestal. Okay. You stand back and carefully study the pedestal. Then to satisfy your curiosity, you step up to the pedestal and attempt to remove the wad, only to find it refuses to boom. It's a bunch, okay. Okay, two wads are in those holes, and I've got to find a third one. Moving along the cave passage, you're suddenly repelled by an unrelenting invisible force. Realising that powerful magic has sealed off the remainder of the tunnel, you turn around and head east. Okay, I've got to find one more long crystal wad somewhere on this island. It's going to be somewhere on this island because that that's just, just how things work in dungeons. You don't, you don't, it would be really, really, really frustrating if the key, if the key to the dungeon was in the grave of someone in southern Tulsa because this person just picked it up and thought it was nice or something. That would be really annoying and so that doesn't happen. Anyway, leaving the cave. Move away from here. Let's keep exploring. It's an armoured scavenger. That's a type of beetle. Quick combat to XP. Alright, nothing particular interest. Nothing particular interest. While, standing, while moving through the boggy region on the western side of the island, you happen upon a massive statue half buried in the soft earth. You've made a note. A note location. A statue of the beast and may return to it in the future whenever you explore Hawkwest Island. The massive statue before you, half buried in the soft earth and edge of the small bog, depicts a fearsome fang serpent. The serpent's broad head, disproportionately large to the west of its scaled body, is turned skyward, its jaws stretched wide. You can only surmise the statue is meant to depict the legendary Beast of Ebrek. Examine the statue more closely. You almost clo- you move closer to the massive statue and carefully examine it. Almost half of the giant structure sculpture is buried beneath the soft earth. The statue is slowly being claimed by the creeping edge of the bog next to which it sits. Okay. 
Suddenly, you're about to step away from the statue when you suddenly spot something sparkling in its gaping fang-filled maw. You climb up to the front of the sculpture and peer into its mouth. There, lying at the back of the deep hollow, is a long crystal wad. Believing the wad could somehow prove useful, you immediately take possession of it. It's a long crystal wad, and that's the third and final crystal wad. Okay, it's the statue of the beast. Move away from here. So, I've got a lofty vantage point, a cave in the forest, ancient ruins, a statue of the beast, grave marker, and an abandoned hut. Okay, the ancient ruins is the one I'm going to go back to. The cave, cave in the forest is the one I'm going to right now. The abandoned hut, handed butt, and the grave marker both add the wads. And so to statue the beast. So the last three were just to get the wads. Okay. Back to the forest. You're standing beneath a gaping mouth of a cave in the midst of the partic- particular se- particularly tangled section of the forest that covers the island. A damp, a chill, damp breeze drifts out of the cave's shadowy moor. Enter the cave. Alright, let's let's go put our third ward in the hole. Oh dear. <laughs> See that? I just made a double on Oh well. Put this long rod in a hole. You care you place your crystal ward in one of the holes set into the top of the pedestal. Two hundred and fifty six experience the general. Woohoo! With all three crystal wads now in place, you wait for something to happen. Hunters is somewhat dismayed when nothing does. Okay, can I go west? Go west, there might be an amulet there. Go west. Something, something there. Right, here's another cave spider. And I got it. Yeah, yeah, whatever passage, whatever, whatever was blocking the passage is now completely and utterly gone. Along with those crystal wads. Okay, okay, I've made my way west and then south and now the passage switch. She is going southwest and northeast. Which of course means it's in multiple stages because that's just how maps work on it when you're when everything's on a grid. Alright, going going east then north. The scattered remains of four humans are heaped against a wall at the northern end of the cave passage. Okay, how did these people get here? Because this isn't an inhabited island. Hmm. I don't know, uh a bunch of fishermen. There was a storm. There was a storm. They were out at sea. There was a storm. They washed up an island. They went in the cave. They got bitten by the spider. Spiders, yeah. And then they died. Yep. And then for some reason the cave was magically sealed up after them. Search through the remains. 
You search through the skeletal remains, discover the following. Yeah, just some generic equipment. You know, they probably just kept around just in case something turned up. And a superior two-handed sword. Well, it's all going to be sold. Note. Take what you want before leaving this this location. Once you move, this treasure will vanish. And of course it vanishes because the game doesn't store... Doesn't store the treasure that was dropped in all the random little treasure piles. Because that would start to add up. Because I think probably every item of treasure it's probably a couple of bites and then and then there could be up to 10 in a, in, a, in a bond and then times that by several thousand per adventure you're getting up to the kilobytes times that by a thousand Times that by maybe a million accounts. Then you're getting up to to gigabytes of data. Just storing what's in random piles of treasure. That most people are never going to go back to. Also I think gameplay wise. It would kind of encourage people just to get everything. You, you just... You do, to make note of great treasures in places just be a pain, really. It's a whole lot of bother for no benefit. So, yeah, it just disappears. And, oh, and ten gold tokens. Having completed your search, you step away from the heap of bones and chef, carefully check over equipment before preparing to set off on your way. Alright, now back to, back to the crossroads and now southwest. You freeze in mid-step and draw yourself into a defensive stance as a strange and unnerving sight appears out of the gloom up ahead. A glowing, churning cloud of blue mist drifts slowly back and forth across the cave tunnel less than ten yards from where you stand. Now and again, the spinning cloud seems to start towards you. Though after covering only a few feet, it promptly retreats. Approach the glowing cloud. As you draw closer to the blue glowing cloud, the swirling funnel of vapours rapidly transforms into the misty likeness of a sword-wielding warrior. With unnerving speed, your vaporous foe, a product of ancient magic long ago employed to protect this cave, surges forward and attacks. This is a mist warrior! Begin combat. It swipes, swipes out at you. I stab at it. Oh, definitely chill was sent up my body. And now it is slain. At 38 XP, your misty foe dissipates into thick strands of glowing vapour that rapidly weave themselves back into the churning funnel. Glowing mist. Alright. Now what if I approach the cloud again? Now and again, the spinning cloud starts towards you. Though I've only covering a few feet, it's a rolling cloud. 
Okay. Let's fight this Miss Swordsman again. Okay, it will probably... Uh, down it goes, another 30 XP. Okay, third time's a charm. Mist Warrior. You watch in growing dismay as the churning funnel of the glowing vapours rapidly transforms into misty lightness of the helmed warrior. It's changing what it transforms into, so that's progress, that's progress. Mist Warrior swipes at you. As always, it's a 3 plus. As I say otherwise, assume it's a 3 plus. Alright, 38 XP. The, the misty foe dissipates into thin strands of glowing vapour that rapidly weave themselves back into a glowing channel of glowing mist. Approach the glowing cloud. Growing dismay as a churning funnel. Watch the growing dismay as the churning funnel of glowing mist rapidly transforms into the likeness of an axe wielding warrior. Alright, and of course, it attacks me. Swipes out at you. Definitely to a lengthy body. 16 damage, then 17 damage. Okay, I'm going to have to heal after this. It is slain. Another 38 XP. How many times are I going to have to beat it? I mean, is it just going to keep coming? Approach the glowing cloud. Hooded swordsman this time. Okay, is it... Come on now, you, you block. One out of... One out of juice or vapor. 38 XP. Your misty foe dissipates into, into thin strands of glowing vapor that rapidly weave themselves back into the churning funnel of glowing mist without warning. The spinning cloud suddenly vanishes, leaving no trace of itself behind. 128 experience to general. Okay. That was quite a lot of combat experience just then. You know, for... So that it's not one of the big important events like Proving Grounds. Yes. Okay, and... I've gone south, then west into the southwest corner. The top of the wooden la ladder protrudes from a wide, roughly circular opening in the floor of the cave here. Peering down through the opening, your eyes follow the ladder as it plunges into darkness and disappears from sight nearly ten yards below. The ladder appears to be quite sturdy. Climb down through the opening, slowly and carefully, digitally testing each wooden one before you place your full weight upon it. You climb down the wooden ladder after what seems like an eternity. You reach with your foot for the next one, only to have your, your probing extremity press against, against against solid stone. Thankful to have thankful to have completed the descent, you step off the ladder. No, wait, I don't go down the ladder. I take advantage of my very small size that makes me pretty much immune to fall damage and just, just fall. Just fall down there because ladders are ladders are a hard thing to use when your hands don't really go you don't really have hands yes yes and then I'll just I'll just use a power jump to get up there and you won't go spring you just you crouch 
and you hold in the jump and then you jump higher. That's not how it works. That's not how reality works, but no one's told Sir Crokington that. So that's how the crab, the, the person who turns Sir Crokington into a toad, thinks it works. So that's how it works. Thankful to have completed the descent, you step off the ladder and set, set the bright, reassuring glow of your trusted light against the gloom that fills the massive chamber you've just entered. The immense subterranean chamber spread out before you almost defies description. Nine massive, natural columns of stone soar from the sloping floor of the cavern into a jagged ceiling overhead. To the north, on the far end of the chamber, stands a wide pool of dark water. A small boat rests at the edge of the pool. Well, that's convenient. How did that boat get down there? Seriously. How did that boat get down there? It's not connected to a river or anything, so you could just sail the boat in. It's not next to a town where you could just have a boat made. And making the boat there? No. Boats are hard to make. You need a steam press so you can bend the keel. Or something like that. Anyway, the, the keel. That's the, the pointy bit at the front of the boat. That's a really hard thing to make. You can't just knock that off from wood. You just scavenge, scavenge on an island somewhere. That, that takes proper carpentry. That's a hard thing. I mean, okay, there's a waft. If he'd said waft, I'd have said, okay... Someone wanted to go across this lake and they spent a few hours going into the forest, getting some branches, bringing them down there one at a time and then finding some, finding some rope. And then let's face it, they pro- if you're a proper adventurer, you probably have rope with you. It's just one of the things you're assumed to have. And then using rope to d- bound it together. Okay, that. So if you really wanted to explore this water, this water, subterranean water, you can assume, fine, yeah, they made a waft. It's a credible thing that you that a very skilled survival, a very skilled woodsman could make out in the wilderness if they had time to gather the materials, but a Boat? An actual, honest-to-goodness boat? No. That doesn't get down there without some mystical stuff going on. And that's not just left there. Because boats are fucking hard to make. And they're expensive. Okay, maybe not expensive for adventurer people. But bloody pig to get them down there. And it'd be bloody pig to get another one. As far as you can tell, the ladder you descended to Wyfiep is the only way in and out of the chamber. Investigate the dark pool. You're standing on the northern edge of the massive cave chamber. The edge of a broad pool of dark water. Through the pool, nearly 50 feet into diameter, appears entirely contained within the chamber. Chamber in the chamber. A wooden rowboat lies 
rests nearby. A pair of oars lies next to the small craft. What? They made boat? They made oars too? Okay, okay, okay. That's that's nothing compared to a boat, but oars? They're pretty hard to make, I think. I mean, a proper oar, a little flappy, barely a stick, or just a plank, not so hard, but a proper oar, you know, that can cut through the water and, you know, works. That's difficult. Examine the boat. You peer into the small boat and discover a wooden box. The iron-banded box is locked and only takes a simple sharp blow to spring open its lid. Okay, okay, now this... Now this, this is... Now this is obviously placed here. It's in a box! It's in a box! It's in a locked box! Things don't end up in locked boxes by accident. Woodfoot clearly placed this amulet here as a test for adventurers because she's an old lady NPC and yeah, yeah, yeah. This was placed here. There's no way this was left behind. And also... She can't have been healthy enough to let to manage all that boat stuff and bring the cask and bring the box and do all that and manage the ladder, but not be healthy enough to go. Oh, oh! I better go back and get it. This incredibly emotionally important amulet, which she just forgot about. Until she wasn't healthy enough to go and get back and get it. Okay, maybe. Okay, I guess if there was some sort of accident. Accident that crippled her for a while. And then by the time she healed. She didn't, she, she was a bit, she was old. And it didn't really. And the bones didn't really fuse together right. And you're old. And you got weakened. And now you can't handle it. Okay, okay. I guess it was that, but still, it was placed in a box, in a boat. In the box, inside the box, you just swivel a small quantity of gold and a stone amulet. Your pulse quickens. Your pulse quickens when you suddenly realise the amulet is the very piece described to you by Silicina. You quickly take possession of it. 16 gold tokens and the stone serpent amulet. Let's have a look at it. It doesn't have any stats, obviously, because it's a quest item. It's not equipment. It, you can equip it, but there's no reason to. Uh, it's got an encumbrance of one. But that doesn't matter because I'll be getting rid of it very shortly. This small, round stone amulet... Bears an engraving of a serpent on one side and a carved eye on the other. This is undoubtedly the amulet Yusina claims to have lost on Hawkwest Island. This amulet is attached to a thin chain. With Daniels in hand, you step back from the boat. Alright, let's... Out of the chamber. 
charging up the jump. It's, it's, it, uh, it's a very tall ladder, so I'm spending several minutes charging up the jump. And they go, spring! Oh, oh, I jumped too high. I hit my head on the ceiling of the top of the roof, about 100 feet up, using super toe jump. But I, I get to the top anyway. Okay, now to make my way out of the cave. There's another cave spider. 8xp. Alright, another cave spider. Yeah, alright, just making my way. Got to the corner, now making my way east. Another cave spider, another 8xp. Yeah. Alright. The sound of something large moving along the tunnel ahead just beyond the range of your sight freezes you in mid step. You assume a defensive stance as a massive cave spider, easily the size of a horse, charges into view. Oh, it's too big! It's too big! It could swallow me whole! The, the grey, hairy arachnid, its bulbous abdomen scraping along the floor of the cave, rushes forward and attacks. It's a massive cave spider, begin combat. Massive cave spider rushes forward and attacks. Here we go. The spider stinger stabs into your flesh. Seven damage, but your body score helps you to avoid being paralyzed by the spider's venom. And it's just slain. 70 XP. That must have been a... That must have been a pre... That must have been a, a pre-set fight. You step back from the oozing carcass of the slain spider. And quickly check over your equipment before once again setting off through the cave. Yeah, that probably just happens every time you try to leave the cave. This giant spider, probably not placed by there by Yesin, but maybe it was. Wait a minute. Does that mean those four, those four people in in the alcove? They were were they people who tried to retrieve the amulet before? But they met the big spider. But they went, ah, it's too big! It's too big! And then they ran away. Then the spider chased them to the alcove and it got them. Okay, that, I mean, it could have happened, but I mean, it, it, is, it could just be a coincidence during that storm fisherman thing. Though they do have a long hand, they did have a long two-handed sword. Only that's the sort of thing only professional adventurers would bring into a cave, because it's too darn heavy to use as your just-in-case weapon. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, yes. 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 In. Do you have dirty little secrets? Anyway, call off the exploration, take the boat back to Edmark. You take Yersilinia's boat, cross the lake and arrive safely but exhausted in a stony shore near her small ramshackle hut. Alright, let's visit Yasina. You find Yasina at home, toiling over a steaming pot of fish stew. The elderly woman is overjoyed when he produced the stone amulet and hand her the curious piece. 
She immediately places the amulet's thin chain around her neck and smiles as she gazes down at the object she obviously assumed was forever lost. Uh, yeah, because she... I don't know, I don't know. I, we, I just don't get this lady. See, what, it wasn't left, it wasn't lost, it was placed. But also there's that barrier. That's weird. I mean, this isn't a... This isn't a... This isn't near a pl- near where people live, where they'd put, possibly put up a magical barrier to protect things, you know, because people, if magical barrier existed, people would use them. 128 experience to general. Yesenia, barely able to tear her gaze away from the amulet now, dangling from the chain around her neck. Thanks you repeatedly as she continues to study the beloved item. Yeah, she might just have forgot that it was a test. I don't, you don't know what it means to be able to look at this old bit again, she says, almost giddy as she fondles the amulet. It's more than just well. I'm sure none of it means, means anything for anyone but me. Thank you again, Sir Crokington. Your sister Mina suddenly heartened. She pointedly asks you where on the island you found the amulet. Oddly enough, you can't seem to remember where it was that you discovered the curious object. Yes, that sometimes happens to us, she says, expression softening as a smile spreads across her creased face. I wouldn't fret over it. Perhaps one day it'll come back to you. These things often do, but if it doesn't, there's no need to worry over it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put a little you put a little spell on that boat so people forget the awfully suspicious boat and the awfully suspicious chest down the awful oh let's face it, quite suspicious ladder. There's no need to worry about it. Suddenly Yusana reaches out and takes hold of your hands. Before you quite know what's happening, a strange sensation passes along your arms, surges through your body, leaving you breathless. You glance down and find that your hands, and those of Yilisar, are wreathed in a glowing cloud of blue mist. Like that thing, like that guardian we encountered. The mist rapidly dissipates, departing in thin sweeps to the far corners of the womb. 1,024 experience to general, 256 experience to all skills and powers, which is very nice there. Was that a bit harsh? You attempt to focus on what you see it is saying, but have no recollection of what has happened. You look just a bit tired, she says, smiling. I know just the thing for that. Before you can politely refute, your senior, your senior insists upon serving you a... St- you were steaming bowl of fish stew. She's been simmering over the fire. Oh, what a coincidence. She had stew for two. Although, admit, yeah, well, okay, that's probably not suspicious. You off, When you're cooking on your own, you often cook several meals or meals at once. You know, saves time having to get the, get the everything prepared. 
after a large helping of a surprisingly delicious stew and several servings of paleo, you spend nearly an hour conversing with her across a wide range of subjects. At length, happy to have shared her company and returned something that was obviously very dear to her. You thank her for a meal and bid her farewell. She once again thanks you for finding and returning the amulet as you make your way out of the dwelling. Alright, back to Edmark. So I'm guessing in the next episode, we'll explore those ruins. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.